Hey girl, welcome to the Get Your Guide Coaching Podcast. My name is Anwar White, but you can just call me your own personal dating and relationship coach. Each week, you'll hear actionable advice, tips, and strategies that you can implement in your own love life. I'm talking about healing your heart, dating effectively, and understanding men so that you can, you guessed it, get your guide. Are you ready to level up your love life? All right, let's go. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have a really special guest, a woman that I have been following for so long on Instagram because she is so amazing and so exciting and just is such a wealth of knowledge. I'm really happy to have her on my podcast because I know that she's going to be dropping gems, spilling all the tea. I got my brownie, that paper towels ready for all y'all. And I'm just so excited to have Miss Phyla Antwine. She is an award-winning life coach for women and the founder and creator of Sacred Self-Care Coaching Program. Phyla, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. And you have such a soothing voice. Girl, you need to stop flirting with me. <laughs> I love you be- it. You better stop, girl. that's my time you know in college when I had to do what I had to do on the phone to pay for the tuition girl (laughs) well it works (laughs) girl we do what we gotta do girl girl how are you doing I'm well I'm more than well I am in harmony and I'm just happy to be here I'm happy to have you I really am and I'm not saying that in the kind of Los Angeles, LA, let's have lunch kind of way. Like, I'm really excited to delve in deep and to talk about all things sacred self care, which you are, I call you self care extraordinaire. And and I'm just so excited for everyone to get to know you and know everything about you. So why don't you talk a little bit about kind of your business and what you do and why it's so important to you? Sure. So what I do is I offer simple principles for sacred self-care and for creating a sacred self-care lifestyle. And what that really means is that I work with professional women, predominantly type A's, right? Like very strong, independent women who have not always given themselves the privilege to take care of themselves, right? It's something that they've seen as a luxury. But these are women who are used to working hard for what they want, who are dominant in their own lives, who are successful, who are accomplished, But in so many other facets of their life, they are also just overwhelmed and overworked. And so I come in sort of as this sacred self-care fairy godmother. Yes. All of my self-care dust into the space and really teach them how to take sacred care of themselves, but in simple ways that easily fit into your life and lifestyle. And that's really important because I feel like when you're super busy, like both of us are, and I'm thinking about the women that I work with too, because I think it's a similar woman. You think that self-care has to completely transform the way that you live your life and that you have to take a lot of time to do it. But from what I'm hearing from you, there are ways to do it and to have it fit into your lifestyle. Absolutely. Right. And it is always better to start out simple with anything that we're doing, because if it's too complicated, it's really not going to be sustainable. Right. And that's just the truth of it. When you're like, I'm going to lose 45 pounds by next week, that's not going to happen. 
Right. What's going to happen is that you're going to gain an additional 10 because you'll be going so crazy that you'll just fall flat on your face. And so I'm all about the simplistic steps to self-care, the things that you can do on a daily basis, right? Like how are you honoring yourself in honoring your emotions? How yeah. are you showing up for yourself and being true to what you want throughout the day? How are you saying no to the things that aren't bringing you pleasure and allowing more space for the things that you enjoy? And then on the deeper side of that, we also get into those emotional blocks and barriers and we work on that as well. But it's really about what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis to show up for yourself in a really sacred way. Yeah, I love that. You know, like I was saying before, I think we work with the same woman. But what I know about that woman is that she goes from zero to 100. It's either zero or 100 and there's nothing in between. So how do you help your clients slowly implement some of these amazing even simple, but transformational self-care routines or processes within their life. So one of the first things that we do when we're working together, of course, is, you know, we dive into their story, whether that story is the story that others hear and see of them, or if it's just the story that they tell themselves, but we dive into that and I allow them room to kind of like be in their own bullshit for a little while. Okay. Right? You let them play themselves. Exactly. <laughs> I, let them play themselves. I let them sit in their mess and I let them go along with that. And then what I do is pull out all of the areas of failure, all of the areas of flaws, what I call the flaws, failures, fears, and fuck up stage. Mm. And really mirror back to them everything that they've shown me that needs to be repaired, resolved, or removed. And once you're kind of face to face with what you know you don't want to continue, who it is that you don't want to be anymore, they're generally softened up to, enough to allow me to come in and say, okay, this is how the process works. Yes. Does yes. that make sense? Oh, yes, girl. We have to break down to build back up and to build up higher and higher to new heights. I get it. I do the same thing too. So I'm right there with you. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about, because self-care is I think it's getting more and more popular now, but it hadn't really been that popular historically, right? So talk to me about, I guess, your process into getting to, into your own self-care and what your history was like, because I think it's a very specialized niche area that you're working with these women, obviously super important and like game changing, but like, how do you even get into this realm of self-care? What's your, girl, what's your story? <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, you know, how long you got? <laughs> <laughs> but Well, um, girl, I got to pick up my kids, but just tell right. me what you can, girl. <laughs> Listen, we'll get to it. So I share often on my platforms with my clients as well. And in any space that I have to acknowledge my story and my truth is that I'm a sexual abuse survivor. And so that experience informs so much of who I am, what I do, and how I do it. And I learned at some point through my adulthood and development in the relationship space that I was carrying my traumas with me. I was yeah. making trauma-informed decisions, and I was attracting men that we were becoming trauma-connected and eventually trauma-bonded. Right. Can, can you explain that? Because I feel like some listeners may have experienced it, but they don't know what it really is. Sure. Each of us has experienced some level of trauma in our lives. It could be something as small as like being teased on the playground to something as great and profound as like being sexually abused or being physically abused or abandoned in that way. And so when you are operating from an unconscious identity, 
where you are just living in your conditioning and not making intentional choices because you are unaware of the baggage and the trauma you will attract energetically, spiritually, emotionally, people who either have similar traumas or whose traumas are complementary to yours, meaning that they can either help you to heal and to become aware, or they can deepen that hurt. Yeah. And most folks are unaware. So when both people are unconsciously operating from those trauma spaces, they hurt each other more, they inflict more trauma, and then it becomes this sort of vicious cycle, right? As opposed to you taking the time to self-reflect and say, here are some of the choices that I've made in my life, or here are some of the results that I've had that I don't want to repeat. And let me kind of think about why I make these choices and where that comes from. Yeah. But I wasn't at that place yet at that time. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm there with you, girl. So it was a mess. And I come from a background of abuse. However, I also had a really supportive family of women who loved me and nurtured me and nourished me. And so even when I was going through this period of sexual abuse, and it's important for me to be clear and say that I was sexually abused by my biological father. And so I did not tell my mom, did not tell anyone in the family for a number of years. So going through this experience, it tormented me, right? And I didn't want to be the one to tear the family apart, Yeah. even though the family should have been torn apart a long time ago. Right, right. right. (laughs) True story. (laughs) Right. As a young person, you internalize and you think that it's going to be your fault. So Inside of that experience, I still had these women who were loving me, who were nurturing me, who were pouring into me. And that's what kept me going and carried me through. And so when I began to make really stupid choices in relationships. May I ask, what are those stupid choices? Because I think people, everyone's (laughs) making stupid choices, but nobody wants to talk about it. And I'm sure that everybody is going to hear themselves in your stupid choices. (laughs) So I had my very first boyfriend at... 16, 17, amazing guy, respectful, kind, sweet, nice, loving, caring, catering, all of that. And I loved it for a time, but then it felt really boring. Yes. Right. Yes. Like, and I'm a New Yorker. So it was like, why don't you take the train to go there to pick me up that candy that I like and like, bring it back to me. And he would. And I just began to kind of push the boundaries until I was just like bored with Mm. it, with the entire situation. And I wanted, you know, the bad guy. And for me, I am a black girl from Queens who grew up in the crack era, eighties and nineties. And so the Uh bad boys were the ones who were in the street and getting into trouble and just doing all sorts of things that were not conducive to any type of healthy relationship, lifestyle, life. Yeah. And I was attracted to that. And so I chose men who were living a little bit faster, who seemed more interesting, who like all of the girls liked because that was an ego boost. Let right. me see if I can get, get him, him to want me, right? Over these um, girls. Yeah. And all of it was ego-based because I was operating from a place of trauma, from a place yeah. of feeling like I wasn't worthy and like I didn't deserve. And so I made all of these choices as a way to feel wanted and loved when I was supposed to be giving that to myself. Yeah. 
that make sense? No, it totally does. So we've talked a little bit about self-care and sacred self-care, but I want you to kind of break it down for my listeners and just let them know in your definition what sacred self-care is. I discovered this during that process of, of growth and evolution, right? That when I was making choices that were not in my best interest, I was not making choices that were for my care. Mm. And I thought about what it meant to take care of myself because at some point I found myself on the edge of the bed crying and hollering and all of these things about right. the heartbreak that I was experiencing again. And I decided to make a commitment to myself to only make choices that aligned with what I wanted. And so if what I wanted was to be in a loving, caring, passionate, monogamous relationship with a man who was respectful and kind and generous and considerate of me, then I needed to give those things to myself first. I needed to become that partner to myself first. And so sacred self-care is about committing to yourself in a way where you prioritize your own needs and your wants, no matter who else is in the space, who else is in the picture, or who else comes into the room. It is the way that you uncompromisingly take care of yourself. On the deeper levels, whether that means therapy or coaching or counseling, and on the really trivial levels of, I'm not going to answer this phone call. I'm going to put my phone on do not disturb. I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to drink my water. And so it is a really holistic and comprehensive way to nurture yourself. And why do you think that women, specifically women of color, have such a hard time doing this, right? Mm Because What you're just describing is the story of all of my clients, right? It's not this like singular, like individualistic issue. It is something that is across the board. So what do you think is going on there? So it's about our legacy of love, right? The lessons that we learned from those who raised us and from the environments that we grew up in. It's about the trauma and the oppression that we've experienced, which is still embedded in our DNA, right? We're passing on to our children and we are not having the conscious intentional conversations about how those things are impacting us now and have hurt us. And really we haven't always had the luxury to take care of ourselves because we were too busy taking care of everybody else. That's right. That's it. The kids, the husband, the work. Right. And that's it. That's what it is. And for so long, Women, and I believe specifically women of color and Black women to another level, have adopted the idea that what makes you a good woman is exhausting yourself for others, is sacrificing yourself for everybody. It's like running until you completely hit the pavement and can't go anymore. And it's such a problematic ideology to have. I think it's toxic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It, it is. That's what it is. It is toxic. And we've been functioning in this toxic dysfunction for so long. And now we're finally coming out of that. Um, And I think the more that we see women bravely take on the task of caring for themselves and opting into sacred self-care, more women are like, let me try that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. I always think of it like treating yourself the way that you would treat your grandmother, right? Like, There's something to be said. There's a different tone. There's a different feeling. There's a different white glove that you put on when you are engaging with your your grandma, your granny, 
my dear, whoever it is, right? That it's like, whatever you want, whatever you need, I'm gonna protect her. I'm gonna help her go down the stairs. I'm gonna go and get her some water. I'm gonna make her play. I'm gonna do whatever I can for her because she's just that important to me, right? And shifting that energy onto yourself, I think can reframe it in such a different way that Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I'm not really treating myself in the best way that I can. We have to sometimes, at least I do, let me know how you communicate it with your clients, but sometimes it's easy for people to think about people close to them and how to treat them. Because oftentimes I'll be like, okay, would you tell your best friend that, right? And they'd always say no. Would you tell your best friend to do that? Okay, well, girl, then why are you doing it, right? Mm -hmm. She's not better than you. She doesn't get to have a different level of life or experience. What do you tell your clients when uh, they're having some issues when it comes to truly understanding sacred self-care? So first of all, that grandma analogy is really profound for me because I'm named after my maternal grandmother. And so a large part of my shift is because recognizing, carrying her name, carrying her energy wanting to do her right, right? And so I absolutely think that that is amazing. I say that too, because of the Black community and she is like the pinnacle, right? She (laughs) is the matriarch of the Black community. When mama's not doing right or daddy's not doing right, you know, grandma's gonna always be there. Yeah, no, for sure, right? And it doesn't matter how tough like anybody in the neighborhood is, when they see a grandma, they're like, hey, Miss Brown, hey, how are you? Right, yes, Miss Brown, all that. So that um, is, is just great. But for my clients, I do something similar However, the women that I work with are generally spiritually aligned or spiritually based, not always religious. And I'm not a a religious woman, but I do have a spiritual connection. And so what I tell my clients is that the way that you honor God is by honoring yourself. Yes. Because you are the representation of that which is divine and beautiful and miraculous, right? You are the physical, the human component of that divinity. And so when you dishonor yourself, you dishonor your God and the way that you come back into alignment and the way that you be a good human and the way that you honor your spirituality and the divinity that you believe in is by honoring the creation of divinity that you are. Girl, I love that. If you're not listening to her IG live, you better get on her IG, girl. Give them your IG real quick, girl. Plug it real quick, girl. She is Phyla, S-H-E-I-S. F-I-L-A, at She is Phyla. Come on over to the dark side. Girl, and it (laughs) is the dark and the light side, girl, because she's going to be enlightening you. Good. So let's talk a little bit about some of the pitfalls that women can kind of run across when they're trying to implement this self-care process (laughs) and why they need you so badly. (laughs) So one of the things that comes up probably the quickest and the fastest is that because we're working, you and I, right, are working with results-driven women, After like the first three days, they're like, um, nothing's happening. I don't, I don't, nothing's changed. Nothing's happening. Or they're like, I'm feeling a lot. I don't like this space. Right. (laughs) And so that can really lead to self-destruction because when you are so busy and so accomplished, you're not used to just being still, you're not used to being patient and waiting, and you're not used to feeling your own emotions. Right. And that's why so many more women now than ever are dealing with like anxiety, because there's a disconnect from you and your emotional self and your body 
on a cellular level is saying, hello, something is off here, right? Like we need your attention. And then we start to have all of these kind of emotions that we deem negative. And when you begin the process of sacred self-care and you just start sitting with yourself and doing the work, it really becomes a challenge for the women that you and I work with because they want results, they want them quickly, and they don't want to move through the process of feeling things in order to get to it. They want to do stuff. Right. They want to do it. Okay. So if I can just do these worksheets, these are going to be great. Right. So I'm just going to go through these worksheets. (laughs) It's going to be a good job, but I'm not going to actually feel do my go and go through my feelings and emotions through some of this work that as you say, the work that needs to happen. It's so important because also doing that, what you just described is one of the ways that you can grow and create connection with men. Right. And if you are so blind and numb to any of that, it's very clear why there isn't a lot of connection with men, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah. You're giving them male colleague energy and it's like <laughs> they're going to work. <laughs> right. They right. want to be in a relationship so they can feel safe and just at home so they can take off the suit and just be mm-hmm. with you, not necessarily be at work with you discussing different topics and debating and all this project. What, what do you think about all that? of that? All of that. That's And that's when we have to come in like, girl, sit down, sit down and relax. Right. Doing too much. Breathe. You are just doing all you're doing things. too much and then not enough at the same right. time. <laughs> too much to the left. Right. And it's interesting because this winter I had a number of women clients who were either in law enforcement or doing something connected with the criminal justice system. Mm. And It was just amazing to see them realize how they've been showing up because they're conditioned, right? They have to be tough and they have to be hard and you can't show any weakness and you can't show any signs of femininity at work, but you're at work more than you're at home. Right. And so now when you come back into the home space and in the relationship space, your energy is so confused that you don't know who to be and how to be. And they wind up just kind of battling in the masculinity and driving the men in their lives away. Right. I'm so glad that we're talking about this because part of self-care is really understanding your entire self because we all have masculine and feminine energies, right? And obviously maybe one of them is more dominant, but like we have to really embody our entire selves. And I think self-care from what I'm hearing you say is doing all of that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. And it helps in such a tremendous way for women to be able to reconnect to that divine femininity. Right. Because society has not made it easy for women who are naturally feminine to be in their natural feminine states without it being because they're trying to get a man's attention, Mm -hmm. without it being because they're trying to get ahead or get over. Right. Or on the flip side of that, not being able to be in that space because our capitalistic society demands that we show up and we work hard and we make the money and we do all these things. And so for so long, The energies have been suppressed in a way that's unhealthy. And some of them, excuse me, have been forced on us. And we're forced to operate in this hyper-masculine way. And when you're at work, you can't show any tears. Why? Why can't I? Why can't I break down and cry if this is what I'm feeling right now? And so there's a level of shame that's been attached to being feminine. And I'm trying, and not I'm trying, I am doing the work. Yes, you are. Come back to that. Yeah, yeah, I totally think that's so interesting. And I say that because specifically Black women, 
are conditioned not to feel their emotions, right? You better not cry, right? You getting your hair done. No, it doesn't hurt, right? You need to ignore the pain that you're feeling mm -hmm. and just get this hair done. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you're not supposed to feel your feels. You're not yep. supposed to do this. So to your point, there is a training that's involved mm -hmm. with not being able to or discouraging any sort of feeling or emotion involved with just living your everyday life. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And black women and other women of color, specifically black women and Latinas have been over sexualized for so long. Right. And so if you want to be taken seriously, you want to make sure that you are not using your sexuality in any way. And you want to make sure that you are not showing up in a way that's deemed sexual. And then even when you are or previously have been sexually harassed in the workspace, you want to keep quiet about it. You don't want to feel anything about it. It's kind of just the dynamic of the space. And if I want to get ahead and do well, I just need to take it. Disgusts me. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Let's talk a little bit about what are the steps that one can take, right? To get themselves on a healthy self-care process. Because I know that we're all kind of run, 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 do, 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 as you were saying before, right? What are those first few steps that I can do and my listeners can do to start to at least get closer to a self-care process and routine? One of the first things that I would suggest, and I take my clients through this process at some point in our working together, is to just allow yourself that time to reconnect to your sacred self. And there's an exercise that we do. It's super simple. It's called the Trinity exercise, and it is a meditative exercise. It's not meditation, so you don't have to be great at quieting everything. But it's where you take five minutes a day to sit with yourself in a quiet space, and you ask each of the important parts of yourself spiritual, emotional, and mental, right? What is it that I need most now? And you get into a really quiet space, you close your eyes and you ask each of those parts of you what they need most now. And you listen for what comes up, right? And it really works. You will either hear the words or you'll see the words or you'll see images or pictures that will resonate with you and that will mean something to you. And then at the end of that, you bring your physical into it as well. And you just say, what is it that I need most now? And so that's bringing together the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, the psychological aspects of you. And you get to recognize what you're lacking. I have clients who, who do it and they're like, you know, I really need rest and peace. Some people are like, I really need more pleasure. Others are saying, I need time to myself. And so these things will come up that make sense to you. And then I say, don't do anything, right? You come out of that space, you write those things down, and then you simply observe them. Yes. You don't have to rush to like, okay, let me do, let me give. Just be with it, sit with it, observe that. And then over the course of the next couple of days, you can challenge yourself to say, how can I give myself more of that? Whatever that those things were that came up for you. And that's a really great place to start. Yeah, I love that exercise. So for my listeners out there, please implement this and then email me at anwar at getyourguycoaching.com and let me know what comes up for you and how amazing this exercise is for you. And then I'm going to share it with Phyla and also share it on all of my other socials as well, just so that we can start to get into this process of just 
taking a beat, right? I'm so glad that you used the word observation because that's such an important word that we don't and thing that we don't necessarily do as often as we need to. One of the things that I find myself doing in my coaching practice is really encouraging my clients to just sit back and observe, mm-hmm. right? Like observe what happens so that we can have a clear understanding, right? And be able to critically evaluate without anything else. Right. Right. So I'm so glad that you were able to do that and being able to do that with yourself, I think will help you in other relationships as well, not just with relationship to self. For sure. Right. And when you become clear on what it is that you need, I need more peace, more time, more pleasure, more love, more care, whatever it is. And you're doing that on a consistent basis where you're connecting with yourself. When you come into contact with potential partners, you'll be able to recognize whether what you need is present in that relationship or in that connection or in that space, right? And your intuition begins to form a new relationship with you because now you're listening again. And so then it feels free to show up and it will begin to speak to you more. And you won't always have to go within and ask yourself what you need. Because this self will be out. like, girl, this ain't no, for no, us. No, 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 not this girl. <laughs> gone, gone girl, gone girl. <laughs> right. But then it also breeds breeds more confidence and trust. And so you just live in a whole new life after this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And I know that your listeners are similar to my clients and they're probably like, okay, but what are the steps? Right. Right. What are the steps? <laughs> girl, what, what, what's first, second and third girl? Right. Give me Give me the laundry list. Right. The to-do so list. I want to give some practical steps as well. I love it, girl. Give it. Give it, girl. Right? Yes. So you want to operate in a way where you are being accountable. So you can just ask yourself if the Trinity exercise and that kind of thing doesn't resonate with you. What is it in my life that I want to change or that I want to experience differently? And so when it comes to love and relationships, what is it that I want to experience, change or create for myself in the way of love and relationships? Take some time to get clear on that. Write those things down, right? Then you can implement what I call my three steps to transformation process. Simple. First, you get to be accountable for the role that you've played in the results that you have created and the experiences that you have had. And accountability looks like you saying to yourself, this is how I have contributed to this. No judgment, not wrong or right, right? This is how I have contributed. The next step is to be responsible because responsibility is accountability in action. So what are you going to do now to be accountable to yourself and to the role that you've played? And then you can list out the things that you'll do differently or the things that you'll do more of or less of. And then after the responsibility phase, it's about the intentionality. So I'm accountable to the choices that I've made and the mistakes. Now I'm being responsible to resolve those choices and those mistakes. And now I am being intentional to create the new results and experiences that I want to have. So accountability, responsibility, intentionality. And it seems like we one could do this like in a journal entry, like a longer journal entry where you're just kind of writing these, these things out, maybe in one relationship, one situation where you need to be, where you need to really be clear about your account, accountability in that situation, your responsibility and your intentionality moving forward. Yeah. Absolutely. Journaling yeah. is the magic piece, right? You're literally casting these new spells over your life and And it is so important for you to write things down, 
right? You yes, are the magic. Spells, girl. Yes, for the magic. Yes, for the spells, girl. Yes. I love it. I love it. Such great exercises. Please, people, do them. Let us know how they go for you because ultimately we are here to serve you and we want the best for you. That's why we are talking our shit. That's why we are doing our do because we want the best for all of you. So please implement these if they resonate with you. If you feel like, oh, this might be helpful for me. Um, and let us know how it goes, right? Either Phyla or myself. We're, we're just interested and excited to make sure that you're getting the transformational change that I think that you really want or you wouldn't be listening. Um, <laughs> right? Let's keep it real. That's yeah. why we're here. <laughs> um, okay, girl. So I ask all of my guests this, girl, but how did you get your guy? Mm, so... I'm going to be fully transparent and, and honest and open, right? Please do. I got my guy by getting my shit together first. What did that look like? Right? Yeah. And for me, that looked like giving myself the commitment that I was out here searching for someone else to give me mm. and wondering why the men that I chose, they were with me, but they weren't committing to the level that I wanted them to commit to. And then I recognized ma'am, you're not even committing to yourself. You said you're not going to call him anymore. You said you're not going to go back anymore. Mm. You said you're not getting back into his bed, but you did, you did, and you did. So I was breaking my own commitments to myself and I realized I need to commit to myself in a way I've never committed to myself before. And I made a promise to myself, like I said earlier, to only make choices that were moving me in the direction of what I wanted. And I had a moment where I realized if I am able to be monogamous and honest and committed and all of these things, then universal law says there is an equal to that. Right. And so at some point I would be able to bring in and meet this man. And I will tell you the honest truth, Anwar, seven days later, I met the man who is now my husband and I've been married to for almost 11 years. We didn't get married seven days later, but I met him seven days later. I was coming from a closure lunch with somebody's son who didn't deserve my time. Anyway. Not a closure lunch, girl. <laughs> Not a closure lunch. <laughs> I'm living, girl. I'm living because that's the same shit I would have done. I'm like, no, we got to do this. Yes. Period. Okay. Yes. I'm listening. And he showed up to the closure lunch, right? Of course like, he did. Okay. Of course he did. Right. And so we were there. And while I'm sitting there, I realized like I was having an internal conversation like you are really playing yourself. Mm. Why are you here? And who were you that this is the man that you once chose? And in that space and over that lunch table, I had an epiphany about my own value and self-worth. And I said, you know what? I'm completely done with this. This is not what I want into my life. I uninvite this this energy, this person, these experiences from my space. And I got up from that table and I said, you know what, like have a great life. And I walked off. And 15 minutes later, my husband approached me, like literally, literally. It took us about three months before we went on our first date. What were we doing in those three months? We were talking, we were getting to know each other. We were overcoming our egos. Girl, what does that mean, girl? Because- <laughs> I think we got a lot of egos up in here listening that need to overcome their egos. Yeah. So 
in the midst of the heartbreak, you're like, I'm going to do better. I'm going to be better. I'm going to be this person. And then after a couple of weeks, your heart doesn't break anymore. And the old self wants to come back. And those mm-hmm. old habits, right? And those old voices start to show up. And as I said before, I was overcompensating because I was coming from a place of trauma. So I carried myself in a very guarded, sort of conceited, uppity kind of way when it came to like mm-hmm. earn me, but not from a genuine earnest place. Right. And so my husband was used to being catered to by the women in his life. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, that ain't me. So you have to work harder. And we were both in those spaces of ego, like mm-hmm. what you got for me, as opposed to here's what I can offer you. Right. And it took us some time to to do that. And even our story, like we stopped talking and I was like, oh, I don't like him. And then I have a really good friend. My husband's name is Jason. I have a really great friend named Jason who we grew up with, who does everybody's hair. My aunt was like, oh, I want a ponytail. Can you call Jason? And I'm like, oh, let me call Jason. And I called husband Jason instead of hair Jason. Yes, God. And I really mean that. Yes, Yes. God. (laughs) And it was like, uh, oh, and I'm like, oh, oh my God, how are you? This was an accident, but I'll call you back later tonight. And he was like, an accident? Okay. And I'm like, you know, I'll call you back later tonight. And so the time went and the night came and I thought about it because I had really liked him in the beginning and we had great conversations and I thought about it. And this is absolutely true. I said, all right, I'm going to call him. And I picked up the phone to call him. And then my ego kicked in and I'm like, no, I'm not going to call him. And I put the phone down and the phone rang and it was him. Girl, I'm gagging over here. Girl, stop. <laughs> and that was it. And now this is what, like 17 years later, two kids later, almost 11 years of marriage, businesses together, all of that. So the moral to the story is get over yourself Yes, yes. and allow yourself to be open to the possibility of something new. I love that. I love that so much. And now Uh, I got him, got him. (laughs) Girl, and again, hit that IG, y'all, because, girl, the photography that y'all do together, y'all are a beautiful couple. It is gorgeous to see you. I'm like, this is hot. Y'all doing something. This (laughs) is good. I feel that energy. And I want to just ask really quickly, because it is so apparent that there is so much love and also passion between you all, right? Even now, after all of these years. So for my people that are in relationships, in marriages, what are your go-tos to make sure that that maintains itself throughout a relationship? So we absolutely have to communicate about it, right? Like just last night, because my husband's been so busy, I've been so busy. He said to me, I miss you right? I feel like we're not spending enough time together. And I'm like, I didn't realize that, but you're right because I've been so busy. He's been so busy. So having that opportunity to be vulnerable and open and communicate in honesty and say, hey, this is what I feel like I would like for us to do, or I miss this time that we spend together and we share together. Also having the individual space to get what you need outside of your relationship and outside of your marriage. Like people are often like, you know, my, my family is my crew and my husband is my best friend and that's great. But you also get to establish yourself as an individual outside of that. And that means that when you come in, you're two whole people on the deeper level, both he and I have done like deep spiritual work. Mm. And so whether for you, that means coaching or therapy or some creative outlet, 
but you need to be working on resolving the things that are emotionally blocking you. Because when you both do that separately, you'll be able to connect on such a deeper level when you come together and, you know, have sex and have good sex and have service sex where I'm giving to you and you're giving to me. And when you do that continually, it creates this energy where we want to please one another, not just in the bedroom, but in the entirety of the relationship. And we got those big egos. So we want to look good and we want to (laughs) take pictures and all that too. It don't go away. You just adjust. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's right, girl. That's right. Oh my God, Phyla. I am so happy that you were here dropping gems, spilling so much amazing uh, sacred self-care tea, girl. Mm-hmm. If my listeners need to get their self-care and most importantly, sacred self-care together, yeah. girl, how can they reach you? How can they connect with you? So I'm always on IG. I think IG is my favorite, favorite platform. So on Instagram at she is Phyla, you can come in and talk to me. I reply to my comments, my DMs, all of that kind of stuff. Take a look around my website. If you wanted to schedule something is phylaantwine.com. You can find me there. And, and spell also- it out, spell it out for them just so that they know how to spell it. Yes. Cause this is something, right? So Phyla, F like flower, I-L-A, and then the last name is Antwine. So it's Ant, A-N-T, and Wine, W-I-N-E. PhylaAntwine.com, Instagram at SheIsPhyla, and across all other social platforms at SheIsPhyla as well. Oh my God, Phyla. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy we got to have this conversation. I think it's going to be so helpful for so many people to really be thinking about this in a whole new different kind of way. So I'm just so happy that you've been here and have shared your amazing knowledge with us. I appreciate you and your openness and for allowing me to come into your space and share your platform with me. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much. You are so welcome, girl. All right. You heard it here first. Get into Phyla's DMs. Ask her about her coaching program because she is changing lives and making amazing transformations, right? I feel like you can gain so much from the work that she does, the work that I do. And I think about these life coaches and dating coaches, just like dating, right? There are going to be people that you vibe with and there are going to be people that you don't vibe with. So you need to date your coaches. If I'm not your flavor, totally okay. Phyla might be your flavor, right? So check her out, figure out what she's working with and see if it's a connection, right? So Phyla, again, thank you so much for being here. And with that said, peace. Hey girl. Thank you so much for listening to the Get Your Guy Coaching Podcast. If you like this episode and want to talk with me personally, please book a free consultation at www.getyourguycoaching.com apply or subscribe and leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Talk soon.